Hello. I'm snowed in. There's at least three millimetres outside the front door. The trains are a nightmare and I can't make it into the office. Can I work from home today, please? Snow excuse, that's what I say. I'm feeling very worthy after taking sledge, skis and toboggan to be here today. So welcome to Careers Talk, I'm Kerry Eustace. Now bear with us all the grads out there because this week we're going to be talking about the job prospects of those without degrees. Dan Gregson from BNB, the ad agency opening its doors to degree-free talent, joins us. Plus, our careers guru, dear Julian, offers tips on sharpening your focus if you're a bit indecisive. But first, Harriet Minter and Ali White are here with the news roundup. And welcome back, Ali, who is sickeningly suntanned. We're not happy about that. <laughs> Who's going first? Ali, your co-op story. Sure. Well, this is the story that demand for the cooperative group's graduate programme has soared by 65% compared to this time last year. And what it is, the group takes on 19 grads each year at its head office in Manchester with opportunities across its business, including food, financial services, travel, pharmacy, funerals and farms. And in six weeks since the application process opened, Opened, almost 1,000 people have already applied for the 19 posts and there's actually a further six weeks to go and they're expecting maybe even up to 2,000 applications more on top of that. So it's very competitive out there. But don't despair, there's another story <laughs> this week which said there's good news for grads still job hunting as a survey by Expert HR found one third of employers are increasing their intake of university leavers and this survey of 190 companies found that 71% are currently recruiting grads and 84% predict they'll do so in future. But it does sound like it is competitive out there still before you get too excited. The story that I read about the co-op, you know, and its massive demand did point out that there's still many people that missed out on jobs last year, you know, applying for places. And we still don't know what the impact of the government spending cuts are. So wait and see, I'd say. Do you know what I think is really interesting about graduate schemes? And this is like another in a long line of stories where we've heard that there's massive demand for the schemes and numbers are rising, that people are still always going for the schemes. Mm. You'd think that almost people would be looking for maybe a less competitive um, option or route. I suppose it feels safer, doesn't it? And also, I think it's maybe a less imaginative approach. That doesn't Mm. sound too harsh. If people are advertising graduate schemes, you know that they've presumably got some jobs available and you know of those companies they'll be out there marketing themselves making sure they're visible Mm. and actually be quite hard to find companies which aren't doing that or to know what they're looking for if they're not already out there on the kind of graduate market. Mm. Following on from that thread my story is that finance executives need to make their next career move now or risk missing out because you know how January is typically the busiest time for recruitment well the executive research firm Executive Jobs London says that maybe people should not wait until the new year and start job seeking now especially in financial services and the reason it says this is that a lot of people have been put off job seeking in December in that sector because of some redundancies coming through and they think it's quite fragile but this executive search firm is actually recommending people start now because they think that it will be a smoother and quicker transition into into the sector and what's uh, kind of interesting and might be slightly controversial about this recommendation is that they're wanting people to move now but it will mean that they'll probably miss out on their January February bonuses that's kind of bonus season in the sector and they're saying if you're willing to forego that if you've got your eye on a new job it's actually a really good time to move because employers are going to be open to people who are doing that and it's not going to be quite as maybe traumatic as when the entire world starts looking for a job in January (laughs) so keep up the job seeking I think that should maybe go across all sectors that don't just assume that people aren't looking because it's a quiet time of year. 
Well, I'm actually following on from that because I am talking about temping. And if your kind of Christmas holidays are coming up and you're looking for a bit of work to tide you over, I actually found this great article called An Insider's Guide to Surviving the World of Temping, in which um, Gordon Stribling shares his secrets for getting on an agency's books. Said some quite good tips. First one was was kind of getting your foot through the door. And he said there's no point either walking in with your CV because that's paper and temping agencies hate having more paper. <laughs> so you don't want to see that. And there's no point emailing your CV off spec either because it'll just get filed away somewhere and they won't look at it what's a much better thing to do is to go onto their website find a specific job which you're qualified for or which you think you can do call them up and explain why you should be doing that and then send your cv through with reference for that job because then they'll definitely look at it he then says that you shouldn't call them all the time but just once a week actually in my experience of temping that is not true <laughs> you should call them i think every morning to say I'm available for work today if anything comes in because sometimes what happens particularly over Christmas when lots of people have colds and flu is that people call in sick and you can get a day's work just covering somebody while they're sick and um, his third tip which was when you've been working for them do as good a job as you possibly can because it will go back to the agency and if the agency thinks you're a good worker they'll give you more and more work which I think is very true so it's not just about impressing your employer it's also about impressing the agency. Thank you very much. Hmm, what I really want to be is an artist. No, fashion actually, it's less intense. Wait, maybe I should go for PR. I know, maybe an events producer. Just hold on a minute, Ali. Dear Julian is here to help if you're having trouble focusing on one career. It's interesting, the first letter from Sarah, 86. She is in this frustrating situation where she's been doing an awful lot of internships in lots of different areas, from jewellery design to events producing to fashion. And because there aren't that many jobs around, she's sort of getting a bit worried about whether to continue with this sort of variety of work experience or to focus on one area. I think that what Sarah's done, which is absolutely fantastic, is that she's used this downtime, if you like, this economic downtime to try lots of different things. And that's exactly what you should do when you're starting out in your career and there isn't much work around, and especially if you're not 100% sure what to do. Just try different things out. Now, the problem that she's ended up with, which you know can arise from approaching work in that way, is that there's no one thing that has leapt out as being the thing that she wants to do. That's a problem. Because without any focus, you can end up actually not progressing very far, very fast. I saw this happen to a good friend of mine, actually. We both sort of started out in journalism at the same time. And she sort of jumped around for several years between different types of magazines. Then she went to work for a production company. Then she went to work in a government office. And in actual fact, she sort of stalled her career a lot and didn't progress at the same rate as a lot of her contemporaries did, which... It's highly frustrating because as great as it is now to try lots of different things when you're at the start of your career, it's a very different thing when you're sort of 10 years in and you're kind of five, 10 years behind your mates. That's not to say that you shouldn't do that because, you know, you've got to focus on what makes you happy. But it's one thing that you probably don't think about at the start of your career is what's going to happen in 10 and 20 years time. But actually, if you don't plan now, you can end up being quite unhappy or quite frustrated in your later career. So it's important, Sarah, to focus on what it is that you want to do. You should always listen to your instinct in every area of life. The first thing that usually springs into your mind is the decision that you should go for. I would try it and find a way at some point, you know, over the weekend to completely relax, try and clear your mind. I sound like Darren Brown, don't I? You've got to try and clear your mind of all of the noise and the confusion. Then all of a sudden, just try and find a way of just turning on the switch in your head to think about work. 
And the first thing that pops into your head, I can almost promise you will be the area that you should pursue. If that's your interest, if that's your instinct interest, then chances are that's where you're going to build the most successful career. Another slightly less hippy-dippy practical uh, way, so you might like to approach this problem, is just write out a list of what all of your options are and then draw a line, if you like, about how that could progress to a dream career. So if you think you want, if you went into PR, what would be your next move? Where would you be in five years? Where would you be in 10 years? If you then decided that you wanted to continue being an artist, where does that lead you? And I think that what you might see is that some of those jobs are going to take you to a dead end in five years time maybe not a dead end for everyone but a dead end for you somewhere that you might not want to end up but then there'll be probably three or four others that would just kind of leap out as being the areas you should pursue so you really need to knuckle down and do that because for employers it is very off-putting to see a cv from someone who has jumped around in their career what you want to see when you look at someone's cv is a really solid line of progression real concrete blocks of experience that show that they're dedicated, they're focused, and that they're going to progress in your company as well. So to sum up, I'd say don't freak out, write a list, clear your head and trust your instinct. That was Julian Lindley, Creative Director at Bauer. Right, remember last week's News Jam? For those with hazier memories, we were talking about ad agency BT McGuinness Bungay's decision to rebrand its talent scouting initiative as the non-graduate graduate recruitment scheme. For the first time, the ad agency is inviting candidates who don't have a degree but can demonstrate other skills which make them suitable for the job. So what does this mean for the graduate job market? Is this the start of a step change in recruitment? And how do initiatives like this affect your career plans? Joining me now is Dan Gregson, MD of BNB London. Hello, Dan. Hello. Thank you for coming into the studio. Um, can you tell us a bit about the scheme and why the agency wanted to do this? Yes, yeah, so the, the scheme really has been developed to try and help to give people an opportunity to show what they're, they're kind of made of. And that sounds a little bit cliched, but our business is about helping solve business problems through creativity. So really, we've devised a scheme which helps to give people a, a platform to show off their skills against that kind of core objective, really, because that's that's the thing at the very heart of our business and that's the thing at the very heart of our agency. And because also our agency is very uh, entrepreneurial and it's, you know, five and a half years old, it's still young and it's grown because people have been willing to take some risks, but also people have been able to do different things. Well, that leads me on to my next question, actually, how it will be different from what scheme you've previously run for graduates. Are you going to kind of tweak it so it might suit people that haven't done maybe a degree in this area? The way we've actually structured our previous application forms, frankly, if you were a non-graduate, you would have been able to have filled it out and you would have had a point of view. There was actually nothing in the process that was a barrier other than the fact that it was called a graduate scheme and therefore, surprise, surprise, we only attracted graduates. So I think it's not that we've dramatically changed anything. I think if we were to say, right, it's still the grad scheme, we would probably have still come up with the the kind of challenge that we've set people as the application. It just so happens now that we, we feel it's right to broaden the pool of people who should have the opportunity to apply. What we're looking for are core skills about how people think creatively, how people think strategically, what their point of view is on a problem. And really out the, the scheme that we have allows people to develop their own view on those things. Can you sort of maybe outline what an ideal candidate may, might be? I think there's almost the basic things, which is, yeah, you expect people to be smart and, you know, that the kind of 
bright and, and they kind of go without saying. But I think the things that make a particular difference to our kind of agency at BNB is the fact that people are willing to get stuck in. In terms of their personality, we're quite a down-to-earth agency. So I think that's something that actually is, makes quite a big difference to the kind of people that we look for because cultural fit in a small business is really important. But I think it's people who like solving problems. What we have is an agency that's, that's founded on doing great creative work. So we want people who are creative. I've never, when I was a graduate, thought of myself as being particularly creative, but I was actually editor of the student newspaper, which is actually a fairly creative environment given the whole context of what people do. So I think it's the being creative and the ability to think creatively is, is something that's, that's really important to us. Now, moving on to sort of looking at the impact sort of schemes like this might have. So the current climate, we've got sort of fee hikes on the horizon. Yep. Apprenticeships are quite high on the agenda. But, and then the sort of employers, like you saying, that they're more open to people that don't have a degree. Do you think that that's going to affect um, young people's career choices? And- I mean, it's anecdotal at this point, but I think it's, it, it seems inevitable that it's going to shape the way people think about how they progress. I think one of the things that actually university does, yes, it allows you people to grow and they become academically more astute, and, but they also grow within themselves. You know, there is a point where people find themselves a bit, it's, it's that transition into adulthood. But I think what university also does is it gives you a bit of time to not think about what you need to do, or it does give you a bit of time to think about what you need to do. And I think that's one of the luxuries, actually, that graduates have when you're in the middle of year two is actually the pressure of university is one thing but it's a different pressure I think if you're having to earn a wage because you've got to support yourself completely so it's kind of an interesting thing I I can't help but think that over time there will be there'll be a bunch of highly talented people who who are at a crossroads about whether they are in the position to try and go down a graduate route or actually think can I get more experience can I get further further ahead by doing different jobs for three years and I think that's that's inevitably going to be a, a big question that's faced by people. Yeah, sort of how you progress in that time. And if you've not got a degree, what else have you got to present to an employer to prove that you're right for the position? Exactly, yeah. And I think there is a, a value to saying, right, well, what do I want to be able to present myself to, let's say, an agency in two years time what do I want to be able to demonstrate that I've done you know you can acquire skills kind of whatever and wherever you're doing them and I think that that sometimes can feel slightly misunderstood that you need to get work experience at somewhere like the Guardian to to be around journalism or whether it's about a big ad agency in London to get advertising experience whereas actually the skills that we're looking for about being entrepreneurial about being creative about being commercial you could get from almost any business actually And I think that is the way in which our industry is going to continue to grow, actually, is by people having those skill sets, you know, and if they're formed in real life situations, then there's an experience and a value to that that is different to an academic one. So the message almost in a way is kind of don't just follow the well-trodden path and consider all the options that might be available to you. Yeah, I think so. I think it is. It's around plotting a little bit of a course. And I know life's not so easy that you can just look ahead in three years and say right I'm going to go here and then I'm going to do this I'm going to do that but I do think kind of having some ideas about a core route that you want to take means that you can you can really start to demonstrate and and also get experience in there is a difference between knowing about something in theory and and having done it you know they are just different things if there are people who've had the opportunity to work in businesses that's that's kind of real interaction. They're working directly with customers. That's what agencies do. We have customers, we have clients, and they're the kind of things that actually take grads quite a while to 
get used to. Now, what do you think about other um, employers and companies sort of adopting a similar approach to what BNB has done? And do you think that there's a responsibility almost for employers to be more open to different talent and different skills? I think it's a really interesting question. I think anyone perhaps in my position would say, I think you've got a responsibility to your own business to find find and attract the right talent for your business and to keep them. Whether that's more open or not, I don't really know. I think for us it's an important thing about being actually being more open, being more accessible. How can we reach people that uh, perhaps other other businesses might not? Can I ask you a bit about your career now? Mm. So sort of maybe take us through some of the key steps and maybe you could comment on how important your degree has been to your professional life. For me, having a degree what was really important. I think what that gave for me was the confidence that I that I could go and step onto that stage, if you like. And I think also at the time that I graduated, I probably wouldn't have had the resilience as a character to go out and force my way into that industry at that time. And that's not because I wasn't highly interested in it. I just think when you're 21, you're in a certain place in your life where sometimes you really do need to just kind of be bold and and be confident about it. And actually being a graduate was something that that helped with that. The, The way I got into advertising was through a graduate scheme. But what we don't want is for that to necessarily be the barrier because it could be someone, frankly, who's equally talented, who's taken a different path, who could be in the position I'm in now in a few years. And that's what we want to make sure is that we're getting the best talent. We're joined on the phone now by graduate Chris Hall, who is um, a blogger at The Grad Guide and also works in events. Um, hello, Chris. Hi there, Carrie. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for joining us. Um, tell us a bit about yourself and what you're up to. Yeah, I just graduated this summer from Bournemouth University and I'm currently sort of trying to get my first steps into Adland. What did you think of um, the scheme then, BNB scheme? Yeah, I thought it was a really interesting scheme. I think it's really good that BNB have gone slightly different and out of the box. So it's become a great opportunity for everyone to get involved. I think one of the big things that has done is it's really separated itself away with offering chances to people with real sort of raw natural talent for advertising. You know, quite a lot of people can go to university and they can quote every single quote. But, you know, this is a real sort of raw talent to go behind and go back to the basics of advertising. As a graduate, though, how do you feel about there's going to be even more competition for those grad schemes now? Yeah, as a being a media student myself, to try and get on one of these advertising schemes is really difficult and tough. So the fact it's opened up its doors to everyone makes it even harder. So, you know, it slightly belittles the fact you've gone to university and you've had a degree. Okay, that's interesting. Dan, what do you think about that, belittling degrees? I mean, I think that's the, the key thing, is that this isn't about belittling anything in terms of people's efforts in a way what it's supposed to be is is the opposite which is to say yes you're absolutely right there are people who make lots of sacrifices through university some of them financial obviously the commitment to that is by and large enormous and we recognize all of that and and you know what we still really like that most of the people in certain functions in our business have been through that process so it, it's not belittling that or or kind of reducing the importance of that but i think what it is for us is about ensuring that actually it comes to the point that you made chris about raw talent and and actually there's some really phenomenally talented people out there who absolutely fit the criteria of being creative about being entrepreneurial about having a point of view of giving that opportunity I guess. And um, now you've got an audience with Dan do you want to ask him a question you want some insider advice? Yeah definitely so Dan I know Trevor Beatty commented 
they're looking for candidates who can demonstrate their suitability for the job by other means. Can you give an example of what he means by this? Not really. Uh, <laughs> and no, but I think that's deliberately open-ended in a way. And Our business is, is founded on the idea of solving business problems through creativity. That's what we exist to do. And so I think for us, it's whatever demonstrates people's intellect, people's creative flair, people's ability to deliver against that, it's kind of deliberately open-ended because we're creative. So almost to give an example would be, it would probably be a rubbish example as well in absolute truth. So I, I don't want to kind of give you a, a bump steer, but it, it's kind of deliberately open. And that's why I think Trev in that comment is almost saying, there you go, you've kind of got a blank sheet of paper. What do you want to put on it? Okay, Chris, so you've got your blank piece of paper and Dan's all ears. What are you going to do to make yourself stand out? Um, I'd really go for sort of the online presence, um, you know, really promoting yourself online. You can show your different work, your different skill sets and what you're interested in. I'd say one of the key things I've done, even through the Grad Guide blog, is really try to distinguish myself by, you know, showing innovative thinking, by trying to do something different that separates yourself away from other graduates. So I'd really say, you know, looking into the agency, what they're looking at, try and follow them on Twitter, interact with different conversations they're having and, you know, show that you are suitable to the company. All right. Good job. Thanks, Chris. (laughs) Thanks very much. Thanks again to Dan Gregson and our graduate Chris Hall. Time for the jobs chart now. Ali and Harriet, take it away with the top ten. Kicking off the countdown at 10, it's a box office manager at the Tricycle Theatre. And at 9, Phoenix Square is looking for trustees. It's a corporate events officer for the Tate at 8. And at 7, it's a marketing director for the English Folk Dance Society. We've a retail executive for the music market at 6. While at 5, it's a youth theatre director for the Liverpool and Merseyside Theatres Trust. Art Angel looking for a coordinator at 4. And at 3, it's a director for the Culture Company. One from the top, it's a curator for the Garden Museum at two. But this week's best of the bunch at number one is head of content for Wise Buddha Creative. Before we go, here's what we've got coming up on the site next week. On December the 7th, we have What Can I Do With a Chemistry Degree between 1 and 4pm. And then on December the 9th, we have Your First Job in Graduate Sales also between 1 and 4pm. All that is left to say is thanks very much to our guest Dan Gregson and grad blogger Chris Hall and the studio team Harriet Minter and Ali White. Careers Talk was produced by Sarah Cudden. I'm Kerry Eustace and until next week, goodbye. Goodbye.